Look at the sparks. Look how they smell for you. And all the smells you do. And it was all smelly. Your smells, you know you're made of smells. <laughs> That's the name of my autobiography. Made of smells. I'm back! Hey, it's us, we're back! It's Think Outside the Box set! That's Abomination Against God, Cameron DeWitt, and I'm the girl that really broke up the Beatles. We're back and better than ever, it's Think Outside the Box set, it's the internet's only outrage machine. Well, uh, we were gone for a minute, mostly because I was on tour with my new band, Tall Poppy String Band. Uh, shout out to uh, Sally and Ron Hunt, who came out to see me and Eugene, Nathan's parents. Yeah. And uh, But now I'm back, and I'm ready to uh, talk about other people's music. Mm-hmm. Um, and boy, do I have specific things to say about today's episode. <laughs> yes, there was so much to think, sink your teeth into. And so much so many lyrics like, to unpack, hmm, textual analysis going on. Um, Cameron, why the hell did you say we should listen to Yoko Ono? And why the hell did you specifically say this album? And okay. I, also, I blame so, you. It was like the first one, I think, mm-hmm. in her in her discography. And I thought that we had already listened to selections from this um, mm. because we had pitched Yoko Ono a long time ago. And bracket in in one of our brackets. Oh yeah, and um, we listened to some fun songs, and I thought that maybe they were from this. And I kind of assumed that her earlier stuff would be a little more song like. Yeah, more accessible. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's no songs in this. It's um, s- somehow even even <laughs> less musical than um, Captain's Africa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, Cameron, you know what I was thinking they, as I was listening yeah, to this please. album? No wonder people hate Yoko Ono is what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, okay, so just to put it out of the way, Yoko Ono did not break f- up the fucking Beatles. Everyone should go listen to, um, I believe it's You're Wrong About, there's an episode about Yoko Ono and all the misconceptions about how she's one of the maligned women of history. And there's a lot of just like racism and misogyny that... Um, was directed at Yoko and still is. Um, yeah. But setting that aside, this album was very difficult to listen to. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not my favorite, it, especially as it, like an entire album. I feel like if it was like even like ha- if it was half of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, and half songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I could have been interested in that because there are interesting moments in this mm-hmm. album, but there isn't that much. There there aren't that many moments of like pure communication between her and the band, and like real moments of like improvisation and creativity. Mm-hmm. To me, 
I think in ways that are like that track as decision making mm-hmm. um, and communication as opposed to just kind of randomness. Um, so there were moments where I was like, oh, this isn't a, a musical bluff. Like this is actual music making happening. Mm-hmm. And the music that is being played with is, you know, rhythmic and kind of melodic and timbral Mm -hmm. uh, in ways that like there are these like moments where she would like kind of trade back and forth with the electric guitar and some of the songs. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But that's those moments were I think were fairly few and far between. (laughs) And uh, mostly it felt like, I don't know, kind of like a shitty rock band, like laying down uh, a beat and then Yoko doing whatever she wanted over the top of it. Yes. And it didn't feel like um, actual cohesive music making. And yeah, it was kind of disappointing. Yeah, totally. And, and, and if it felt like it was, it was trying to be shocking mm-hmm. to the sensibilities, which is yes. irritating if, there, if that's all you're doing. I agree. Yeah, I think... I think maybe we we could at some point address the topic of like to what extent is like conceptual art worth anything the kind of stuff that's like what even is art man or what even is music like i think there's a lot of that kind of spirit behind this music um yeah i i agree like the 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 musicians she's playing with a lot of times are, are not doing all that like a lot of times it's a fairly repetitive sort of like groove um yeah at least with uh, and they're not changing up the groove yeah i think a lot of the times there's actual just like loops like uh-huh. tape loops and not in a cool way yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so at least like with trout mask replica like the music was bonkers and like they were playing highly like rehearsed synchronized um stuff that uh clashed with each other i that's probably not the best yeah. way to describe it but something like that yeah and there was like actual singing of some kind and actual words, um, racist though they may have been. Um, yes. <laughs> some of them, not all of them, not all men. Um, you, Wikipedia gives this album um, quite a bit of credit. Um, says Ono's vocalizations on tracks such as Why and Why Not mixed Heitai, a Japanese vocal technique from Kabuki Theater, with modern rock and roll and raw aggression, influenced by the then popular primal therapy that Lennon and Ono had been undertaking. Um, Lennon here being I John don't know Lennon, about not Vladimir Lennon. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, when, <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for clarifying. You're welcome. Yeah, Vi Lennon. Uh, <laughs> she didn't go hang out with his corpse, uh, screaming at him. Um, yeah screaming why and then why not why why not um that's what i was thinking about actually when i was listening to this album i was like oh this is just like primal scream therapy i guess and um i don't know i don't know like to what extent that is discredited or not or like still thought of as therapeutic or what have you but um yeah it certainly wasn't the thing i really felt like listening to I don't know if we said this yet. We listened to Plastic Ono Band. Oh yeah, and and it's and it's worth saying that there are 
seem to be multiple albums that are under the same title but different artists on spotify there's there's one with the same artwork but it's a john lennon album and it seems to be all songs it's almost the same artwork it's uh okay it's here um what is it i was just looking at the thumbnail and it was yeah it's it's hard to tell from the thumbnail Lennon pointed out, again, John Lennon pointed out the difference in their 1980 Playboy interview. In Yoko, she's leaning back on me. In mine, I'm leaning on her. Um, Fine. Yep. Great. Great. But still, seems almost like deliberately confusing. (laughs) Yeah. It got me. Yeah. Almost makes you wonder. I was a little concerned that we wouldn't have listened to the same album. (laughs) Yes, you did send me the direct link to it, which was helpful because I probably would have completely fucked it up um yeah so let's talk ornette coleman what do you think of ornette coleman cameron um what say ye is that is is that a jazz musician yes oh the saxophonist right uh what are like important tunes that ornette coleman um do do does the word tune and Arnett Coleman go along together? Arnett Coleman is very much like a um, free. He's a prince, according to Wikipedia, a principal founder of the free jazz genre. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know enough about jazz to know what free jazz is, other than it's sort of a punchline. <laughs> and my my impression is that when is that there are a lot of people who kind of say that they play free jazz and actually don't know any sort of jazz vocabulary and that like maybe in its conception free jazz is supposed to be a deconstruction of form using jazz virtuosity and vocabulary um, but not around a tune Um, and that there are a bunch of dinguses who just like aren't good at playing their instruments (laughs) who say that they're doing free jazz because they don't want to learn a tune Mm -hmm. uh is there anything else? Is there anything to that? Do I you mean, know anything about that? That sounded uh, extremely sophisticated and um, smart stuff. That sounds like. I mean, I would I would agree with that. As someone who okay. is nowhere near a jazz expert and has not listened to much Ornette Coleman, but has met many dinguses. <laughs> well, I took six months of jazz piano, oh. uh, which was what I needed to learn uh, it, what, what I needed in order to learn that I didn't, didn't actually like jazz very much. Ah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Enough to learn it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which it turns out you have to really like it in order to learn it. Yeah. It's, it's hard to learn and there's a lot there. So you gotta like it to yeah. learn it. Um, Anyway, uh, this, I, so, I don't know that much about Ornette Col- Coleman, though. I ask because uh, the Ornette Coleman Quartet or his band uh, appears on one of these songs. Uh, oh. Yes. AOS. Oh, um, I thought that one was kind of cool. Yeah. Is that the one where she's coming? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, uh, there are some cool moments in that in I was, that song. The, she and some of those moments were hers. Yeah, <laughs> it was like wow, <laughs> that's cool um, nut, Yoko. <laughs> <laughs> one of those nice jazzy nuts. Um, she, apparently, in 1968, 
she appeared at the Royal Albert Hall with Ornette Coleman and his jazz group. So I guess it, it sounds like they were giving a performance and she appeared like with them, like she was the guest. Um, so their rehearsal was recorded and that's when that song AOS was recorded. Oh, um, yeah. And so it was, it was the only one not recorded during the sessions for this album. And it, you know, wasn't, it was released a few years. This album came out in 1970, I should say. Um, so it's a couple years later, two and a half years later. Um, right. So where I was going, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I was listening to this album and going like, what? I don't know if I like this. And, uh, I needed to take a shower after mowing the lawn. And so I put the music on the shower speaker and shortly thereafter, uh, (laughs) it sounded like (laughs) there was someone having a real good time in the, uh, bathroom (laughs) And uh, later, my <laughs> spouse told me that she uh, went through a lot of different thoughts and emotions hearing this happening. So, oh my god, that was that was the most fun I've had listening to Yoko Ono. It's like somehow, like Nathan has two devices in there. And he's listening to porn and jazz at the same time. <laughs> That's my favorite double fister: is porn and jazz. If you know what I mean. Oh my god! This one time, I went over to a friend's house uh, in college, and it was his parents' house. And his parents had these albums of like classical music with um, like people having sex in in the audio what um what i think that's what it was um it, what was it called it was like busting on beethoven or something Whoa. is that what it was called was it um, called uh <laughs> conceiving baby mozart <laughs> <laughs> shit that's great <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's so 70s cameron that is the most 70s thing i've ever heard an album of classical music with people boning to it like recorded Uh, into the recording of it that's so funny okay um sex album beethoven sex album Um, beethoven there there's one that said there's an album on spotify that says sex noises erotica female orgasm classical beethoven oh Uh, well pull it up Send me the link. <laughs> you gonna, you gonna we're gonna we're it? gonna listen to it live a little bit. Oh my god! <laughs> Content warning. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've done worse. I'm sure it's real. <laughs> Are you sending me that link? Oh, oh, you want me to send you a link? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Give me give me just a second. I'm dropping it in the. Uh, there it is in the place chat during recording. Ravel sex and violence. Oh no no no! That's not that's not it. It's this. Sorry. Hold on. Oh, this is very different. The Great Cat. Here we go. Lol, this album cover is so funny. What? What Oh my and there's a there's like a horse in the background. Okay. Um (laughs) I'll put down anything on Spotify these days. (laughs) Can we even listen to this? This content is not available, it says. Okay. (laughs) It sounds about right. (laughs) What? Uh, hmm. It's by Brittany Grimm Shakespeare. Um, Orgasm Noises, Freestyle Sleeping Beauty, Fuck Fantasy. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think this is the thing that, and we can't even listen to it. So, I'm I'm concerned that we're cutting into our Yoko Ono discussion. <laughs> oh yeah, there's so much for us to get to. We should really hurry it up. <laughs> uh, one more thing is someone uh, has an album on Spotify called Fifty Shades of Classical Piano Emotional Tantric Music. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah. Um, does Sting I'm not appear dropping on it? A, a link. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's see. Uh, Beethoven album. <laughs> you really want to hear this? With sex sounds. <laughs> Beethoven with ocean uh, it, sounds. It, it was one of those moments where I was like, I I would have rather found anal beads <laughs> than, <laughs> than these CD ROMs. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. Exotic sex classical music. It's on all music. I wonder if it is on. Mm, I've got erotic, seductive trance, sensual, ambient music. Eh. Oh, well. <sighs> Everyone just make your own homemade version. We'll share <laughs> them on the Discord. On the Discord. <laughs> we'll swap them. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, God. oh, my God. Someone made a... <laughs> Six playlist on Reddit, and it's got fucking Wagner's Flight of the Valkyries. <laughs> 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 Can you imagine? <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> God, I feel like. <laughs> that's that's a recipe for like chafing, because <laughs> you're you're moving so enthusiastically. I think because uh, it's such an inspiring song. <laughs> oh boy um, well yes uh, do we do you have a, a sound sample of um, sex noises looks like you do well maybe we should get I mean oh yeah I was yeah, wondering if we should well, just we'll get to that track when we get to it yeah okay I guess so just, we talked about it for so much but that, now it's a teaser and that makes it tantric also and uh, now the listener is edging so you're welcome um so yeah, I, I saved it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, anything else about this album before we actually have to pretend to talk about this album? Um, no, let's let's get into it. Uh, lots of people didn't like it. Um, Lester Bangs apparently supported it in the Rolling in Rolling Stone. Um, and then there's this mysterious sentence on Wikipedia. More recently, the album has been credited with having an influence on musicians grossly disproportionate to its sales and visibility akin to that of the Velvet Underground. Grossly is, is a fun word to use there. Uh, Wikipedia editors. Yes. David Brown of Entertainment Weekly has credited the album with, quote, launching a hundred or more female alternative records like Kate Pearson and Cindy Wilson of the B-52s to current thrashers like L7 and Courtney Love of Hole, unquote. Um, yeah, so it sounds like it was, it, it had a cultural effect that was uh, maybe really lovely for some people that was inspiring. But um, yeah, I yeah, can believe that. Just because something's important in a time doesn't mean that it's art that stands the test of time exactly um yeah so i guess let's get into it the first song is called why (laughs) 
Yep. So that's that. Um, so let me let me quickly read all the lyrics of this song. Why? Do, do you want to do a synopsis? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's my synopsis. Why? Um, I like when she goes like, why? Why? <laughs> I particularly bark. like that. Um, uh, well, do you want to play sound samples? I feel like that's mostly what we're going to be doing is responding I guess so. to sound samples. Yeah. Um, actually, to that end. Some of your sound samples are not working for me. Oh, no. The last three of them. Let me see if QuickTime will open them. Damn. Okay, so you have two sound samples from this song. Oh, we we should also point out this song is, what, seven minutes long? Five minutes, 36 seconds. (laughs) Uh, someone just commented, uh, truly fascinating content to see out of context to the, uh, <laughs> the sexy classical music playlist. Yes. <laughs> Sex. Go uh, join us on the discord. Um, <laughs> yeah, this, this is the song that has a, a lot of that kind of electric guitar vocal kind of communication between it mm-hmm. or one of them that does. So I think that's fun. Do you want to play the sound sample? That's the first Vocals, yes, from Yoko Ono, yes. Yeah, I think that electric guitar playing is really cool, mm-hmm. and I like how it like interacts with the vocals. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I could make those noises. Like I'm not exact. It, they are kind of arresting sounds you mean with your voice or with a guitar either but especially not with my voice i could probably get most there on a guitar okay Um, (laughs) it it just sounds like they're um whoever's playing guitar actually knows how to play guitar and is like communicating with yoko ono um Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's musically compelling. Okay. In a in mostly in a timbral way. Yeah. But also like the kind of ping-ponging of the like the the contour of their ululations whether it's in the vocals or in the guitar playing. It's yeah, I think it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Um do you want to play that other sound sample? Yes. Yeah. So they're definitely like, I don't know, communicating or like having a, a moment of, yeah. you know, collaboration in that sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is one of the better ap- moments on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, AOS as well has some interesting moments, but uh, they don't excuse an entire album of more boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, I don't know. It would be equally as interesting, probably 
more interesting if it was like an interlude inside of a song that actually had stuff going on and like lyrics and yeah i'd probably like that more stuff yeah because it would also i feel like it would also be like more shocking and more impactful too um rather than just like oh i guess this whole album's just like this um because you you get it you just becomes numbing at a certain point um yeah (laughs) it reminds me of this of this uh experience i had one time where i was driving a friend back from the coast and first i was listening to some like hardcore punk music and my friend just fell asleep and slept right through the whole album and then i put on kind of blue by miles davis and that woke my friend up right away it was quieter music Mm -hmm. that was less abrasive but it had so much more dynamic contrast um the the like hardcore music ended up and it wasn't that hardcore, but you know, it, it ended up being like sort of a, like a wash of noise. It, right. it had the effect of being a white noise machine, essentially. Um, right. Because everything was at the same intensity and um, it was a lot easier to tune out. And then Miles Davis is like coming in and it's like quiet and then it's loud. And then it's like, there's something super rhythmic and then there's something that's like drawn yeah. out. Um, yeah. So that, that's kind of what I remind me of where it's like, this is, it just, you know, becomes this, like, wash of, like, eh, whatever. I, I get pretty indifferent. I got pretty indifferent to it qu- pretty quick. Yeah. Um, um, should we listen to Why Not? You know what? Por que no? Como no? <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. That that <laughs> is actually a pretty that. fun moment. Uh, it would also make for some good vocal warm ups if you know if people are looking for those. <laughs> Just perform this song. <laughs> Just yeah, do a cover. And again, the the guitar with the vocals is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I think that might have been the same sound sample that I took. <laughs> oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I, if I necessarily have anything else to add to this one. Um, let's just keep keep it uh, moving. Should we go oh, to green, le, um, Greenfield? Let me morning? just, uh, I'll synopsize the lyrics. Okay. What? This isn't right. The genius is wrong, I think. I guess yeah, I don't it, think it's right. It just says, John, 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 George, George, George. Um, yeah, I don't think those names get spoken yeah. or performed in the song at all. Yeah. Although I do think there, there's some sort of uh, connection between Yoko Ono and John Lennon, uh, I think they might have they might have had some sort of like sort you know he secret made a relationship on, on her naked in, for a <laughs> magazine cover. <one> day. <laughs> yes. Uh, boy, what a weird well couple of people. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Um, let's get into what is probably the most weighty subject matter um yeah it's called greenfield morning i pushed an empty baby carriage all over the city
Yeah, so this is apparently about um, Yoko Ono having a miscarriage. Um, oh. Does it say that in the genius? Um, I thought it was... Um, oh, it's on Wikipedia. And it's apparently okay. huh. looped over a sample of George Harrison playing sitar and Ringo Starr doing a drum break uh, with an added okay. echo effect. Um, huh. And Wikipedia refers to lyrics... Um, the genius just says Greenfield morning. I pushed an empty baby carriage all over the city, but with lots of ellipses. Um, yeah. So apparently those are the title and the lyrics of the song. Um, yeah. So this is, I, I don't, I thought it, uh, this is definitely more successful for me than the first two songs. Um, her vocal performance is more melodic explicitly uh-huh it is it's um, more haunting as well yeah she sounds a bit ghostly um which i think fits the subject matter yeah um it's also a pr- it's a very arresting image of someone pushing an empty yeah. baby carriage all over the city for a whole morning yeah um yeah yeah that's like pretty impactful i think yeah, I think it's probably kind of like the closest song to like having an explicit meaning and an intent. Mm-hmm. Other, you know, it's a, a little more specific than why. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, should we move on to our most uh, orgasmic song? Yes, the most orgasmic song we've ever heard or experienced or seen. Here it is. This might not have been the most uh, interesting sound sample for me to take. It's not even all that sexy. Well? <laughs> okay. Not yet. Yeah. Mm. So, um, oh, those are apparently the only lyrics in the song when she says not yet um and the genius breaks it up into part one and part two so part one was instrumental and part two features yoko ono moaning yoko ono moaning and screaming um so maybe let's listen to uh some of that part one a little bit um also pretty abstract i'd say yeah i th- i think this one's cool um i feel like here's something uh-huh i i feel like the band is more on yoko ono's level in this like yes. they know how to like do what she's doing yes uh totally. and yeah i think they actually have the ability to create cool stuff with her in a way that maybe john doesn't as much although i don't know it was was that john playing electric guitar in the first couple tracks what is plastic Ono band? Was. uh yeah. let's see so i don't know i i think this is the most interesting oh track. eric clapton was um, in the band because, at one point oh my god yeah 
George Harrison and Ringo Starr also. What? You need to, I need to find the album cards. Okay, here we go. Yeah, personnel. John Lennon's on guitars. Klaus Vormann is on bass guitar. Ringo Starr is on drums. George Harrison sitar on Greenfield Morning. I'll push an empty baby carriage all over the city. Yeah, so it's mostly... it's. I mean, John is the only one credited with playing guitars on this album. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Still, I, yeah, I think this is the most interesting track. Um, I agree. Yeah. I... I don't necessarily have a way to, I, I don't know how to describe what's, what's going on necessarily other than it sounds like they are actually all listening to each other. There are all of these double stops played on, I think Arco bass. Yeah. Um, and so. it's pretty cool. Yep. And there's definite rhythm in there, but there's not necessarily a, a pulse, mm-hmm. um, which is a cool effect. Like they're really listening to each other rhythmically, but not in a groove way. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I, I'm kind of into this one. I don't know why it's called AOS. Yeah, I couldn't figure that part out. Um, I don't think Wikipedia says anything about that. Like what it could possibly mean. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So one funny thing in the in the track is that she's like having she's coming. Yep. <laughs> uh but then what it, it escalates and then it gets v- really silly. <laughs> uh uh where you think it would turn into something else uh and you should I don't know play like 3 quarters into the track maybe. Okay. Probably catch it there. There you go. My original sound sample said this is how a parrot nuts. Ha. A little farther. (laughs) Someone just coughed. Coughing. This stuff's cool. It is kind of cool. At one point, she just starts going, ah, ah, ah. Oh. Okay. (laughs) There it is. Okay. There it is. <laughs> that is how a parrot would nut, I think. Um, yeah, let's get to where it's so hard you startle yourself. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to where Yoko nuts. I thought she got more sexual. There it is. <laughs> That's such a great. <laughs> that's a moment <laughs> yep that is I mean that's what I do every time I come I just start screeching <laughs> oh my god that's so funny <laughs> I I hope that was intended to be like hu- at least humorous if not like an out and out joke <laughs> of like very sexual noise and yeah. then just like screeching like that because that's hilarious. Yeah, it's hard to say because, like, in in Trout Mask R- R- Replica, I definitely got the impression that they're having fun and that they think 
stuff is silly that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, my impression of like Yoko Ono, John Lennon is that it's like very self-serious or yeah. that the people kind of accuse them of taking themselves too seriously. Um, yeah. And in those sort of like, what even is art? What even is music? Those sorts of sentiments. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know, but this is, it is funny to like have a very like kind of convincing, you know, I'll have what she's having moment that leads to, uh, <laughs> ah, ah! <laughs> it's, it is funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anything else to say about this one? Uh, nope. Um, Cameron, do you want anything to touch else? me? Well, yeah, I <laughs> I didn't have any <laughs> any notes on this one, and then the lyrics just says it, with uh, asterisks, unintelligible vocalizations and moaning noises. I mean, that's pretty accurate. I I recall her hearing yeah, I, uh, hearing her say those words. <laughs> Maybe you could just like go through each one of the uh, of the you know sound samples that you took, um, and then and then if we need to stop on any particular song, we can. But you can okay. just kind of like play them through. Yeah, this is the rest of the second half of the album. Uh, it's I act. I mean, on Spotify, there's the extended like bonus version which has a bunch more tracks so i ended up accidentally listening to way more of this shit than i needed to including yeah <laughs> get, getting into the the extended version of why before going like this sounds really familiar is the album <laughs> just playing over again um anyway so the album itself only has six tracks so here's number five cool hemiola here mm-hmm. like it's kind of cool <laughs> yeah i mean there's i feel like there's cool little moments and stuff but again like yeah. they would be they would be so much more impactful if they were in the context of a song um yeah um i mean i i i hate to feel like a fuddy-duddy and being like you know bleh it's just noise but like i don't know it's it's just i don't find it very compelling um, yeah, and maybe maybe I would have felt better about this album if I had had if I had not listened to the extended version mm-hmm. as well. If if I had really just listened to six tracks, I would have been like, okay, cool, interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, paper shoes, paper shoes. definitely not as interested in vocal effects mm-hmm. yoko because it's like you already are doing all vocal effects you don't need <laughs> it's it's more impressive when you know you don't have delay on you know, or whatever mm-hmm. well uh <sighs> yep. open your box uh, an arresting title oh shoot 
I don't know if I have, I don't have a sense. Oh, that's a bonus track. We don't have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was the last title. That's the most interesting part about it. Yes. Well, that's the last one. Mm hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, the, the track, the South wind, I think is a little bit interesting. It's, it's just a duo. And I think it's just John Lennon and, uh, and, and Yoko Ono. There's more people credited, but I only remember it being two. Do you want to just play a little sample of that? Sure. Wow. It's 16 minutes long. Holy shit. I'm sure it justifies every second of that. I'll skip forward a bunch. Here we go. All right, you guys, knock it off. <laughs> um, this this reminded me a little bit. Maybe I could we could be done after this. But um, I was thinking about what is the value of playing music that uh, doesn't have song or piece form, and uh, yeah, how do you how do you know? if there's no form, whether something is like good or worthwhile or not. Um, and I think you just kind of like know when you know, uh, mm-hmm. is one answer and it's, and it is more subjective because there are less appeals to tradition. Uh, mm-hmm. but, um, it made me think of this one percussionist that I, I opened for once, uh, in a really weird bill. It was at Philomoca in Philly. Uh-huh. Uh, the, um, it was the Philadelphia Mausoleum Museum. of oh, the right. ma- Mausoleum because yeah. it yeah. was an old mausoleum hmm. <laughs> um, of the contemporary arts. I think mm-hmm. um, it was a really cool little venue, and uh, Tatsuya Nakatani played there, and he is this percussionist, a solo percussionist mostly, and he just did like a thirty-minute solo percussion set, and. I think that it was improvised, but I don't know how how improvised it was, but it was like fucking gorgeous and mm-hmm. so lovely and intimate. And it was doing all these same things, asking all these same questions, you know, about like, obviously there's pitch, but he's playing unpitched instruments. You know, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he's not playing instruments that you can play a scale on. He's playing right. gongs and bells, not handbells you know but like uh gongs and drums and bells and stuff and he's muting them a lot of the time and bowing them and Mm -hmm. um but it was so musical and it was so lovely and it was so intentional and he's a fucking awesome musician like as a percussionist his like skill uh was just so clear Mm -hmm. and yeah, it was, you know, about the same length as this album. It was a 30-minute, you know, <laughs> like, improvised set. And I think part of it was just seeing it live. But I have all, I also, like, I got all his albums and listened to them. And I was like, these are gorgeous, too. It's not quite as special as seeing, his, seeing it live. Especially because it's like, you know, you're seeing a new thing that's never mm-hmm. been done before. But, um, yeah, I just think that there's there's a lot of 
value in the um i get i guess my my issue with with some of this stuff is that it is um distracting from people who are actually uh pushing the boundaries of what music is um mm-hmm. And doing it at a higher level, and it, and to me that makes it feel kind of pretentious because even in the nice moments, it, it's just like you're a little bit more interested in the cultural statement of this than actual music making. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and there are people who are doing things that are more shocking to the sensibilities that are more musically artistically powerful. Uh, that would be just as inaccessible, but still better, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I guess that's kind of like the point I would want to end on. And also, I just want to say, uh, I feel good about like giving Yoko, you know, do, doing Yoko Ono for the, the, the one-off episode, you know, after listening to this. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if I need to do a whole discography of this yeah. particular artist, even though she's so on brand for our show. Totally, yeah, I I agree. Um, yeah, to the point of like uh, how this compares to like other people who might be asking similar questions or pushing the envelope. Like, it's um it's kind of an unfair advantage that Yoko has of uh, just like getting famous by being associated with the Beatles. Because like, if is it, is that the story? I I mean, as far as I can tell, like she just got a bump. Yeah, I I don't think. I mean, this is like, I'm I'm not gonna go there, but um, yeah, uh, it, it feels like potentially problematic. Yeah, to, to be like, no one would know Yoko Ono if she hadn't hung out with John Lennon, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, part of me thinks that maybe that's true, but like, you know, probably certain people in like certain scenes would know her and know of her sure. art and stuff. Well, but, she was already. Ma- my impression is that she was already making stuff when they met. Yes, it's she not was. like I believe they met. At he like was a just like, "Do you want to make music?" And she was like, "Yeah, I'll make not music and see what people <laughs> think." You know, it's like she was already <laughs> doing what she was doing. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think her profile would have been as as big. And yeah, I don't know. And maybe maybe that's maybe that was valuable at that time to have such a wide audience and introduce some of those questions into the mainstream to places where it maybe hadn't been before. Like had people in pop music pretty explicitly asked the questions of like, what is music? Uh, How is it different from noise? You know, have those questions really been um, even talked about or addressed on such a, a large stage before? And I mean, this yeah. is 1970. This is like very early. Um, it's like only what six or seven years past the Beatlemania and the Beatles playing like 1950s rock and roll yeah. um, stuff. You know, it's like stuff changed so much in such a short amount of time. Um, and I, I can't help but like wonder if. John Lennon's interest in Yoko Ono's music was sort of a reactionary um, differentiation from pop music and from mm. popular from making things that were that are so well received and like it 
if it was kind of like almost like objectifying as opposed to actual interest. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Like anytime someone gets like ultra famous and then like want and then and then gets detached, um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like not very interested in it. Like uh, I don't know if you've ever seen a a, a modern Jim Carrey interview. Um, oh boy! But I've seen a few. They're like, really hard. I the one where he's um, he's talking about. There's a documentary made about um, about Man of the Moon. Man of the Moon, yeah, which yeah came across as like he's maybe saying some interesting stuff, but he's very full of himself and knows that he's trying to be interesting, and also says yeah. some real weird shit. Yeah, um, yeah, he he's he's he says a lot of like things like he's just totally detached from uh, his sort of earthly form. Um, and it's like, of course you are. You're like one of the wealthiest people in the world. <laughs> like, cause you're, you, you were making films at one of the times when like an actor could make the most money <laughs> being in a film, you know, mm-hmm. you got the, yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I just think that he's, I don't know that that's sort of how I like, can't help but think about John Lennon's attitude about this. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. were you just desperate for anything that you couldn't turn your nose at? Um, mm-hmm. Or were you just tired of the life that you lived? And um, this is the first thing that you found that, w- that really challenged you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, It'd be interesting to watch Get Back. I know that people were watching that. Oh uh, yeah, what a couple months ago? Yeah, that came out a while. I'd be back, interested right? to to see some more. It sounds insufferable. <laughs> yeah, what's? Oh, that's one that was directed by Peter Jackson. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Wow, nearly eight hours. Ooh. Yeah, it's yeah. Mm, that's a little long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can yeah. stand to. You know what? I I would love to watch like a seventy or eighty minute documentary about the Beatles. I sure. Think, I mean, if it was you don't like, want to spend eight hours. <laughs> if it was just like a tight um, documentary that like talked about their story and like how much they changed culture, like that could be super interesting to delve into. Um, just get in, get out, have a good time. Um, but. I feel like every Beatles documentary is minimum eight hours and some of them are like 25 hours, you know? Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Well, do we know what we're doing next week? Do you want to keep doing this season or should we move on to uh, a new artist? Hmm. Good question. Is there anything else that you're anxious to get to? Um, a lot of the stuff I was most excited about was stuff that we wanted to do a whole season on. Yeah. Um Yeah, we we talked about let's see, Nine Inch Nails or Rick Astley? Maybe Nine Inch Nails? I don't know. I I, I, I think that Nine Inch Nails would be a really great season potentially. Okay. I I have enough friends who are like big fans of Nine Inch Nails yeah. that I'm just like maybe there's a lot to dig into there. Uh uh, but maybe Rick Astley. Do you want to do Rick, just do Rick Astley? Let's just It'd do be that. really fun to just. That'll be yeah. a nice. Let's do that, and then we'll up. call it yeah. a season. Yeah. yeah, it'll be silly. Yeah, can't wait. We'll do whatever album has "Never Gonna Give You Up." Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) all right cool well uh until next week thanks for listening y'all um sorry we were delayed i don't know if we do yeah we we said the reason why right um you were on tour i thought about getting guest host but i was not able to do it because i was too busy going out of my mind with my last class that is now finished so sorry about that um but we're back uh, until next week, you can, you can visit us online at boxhead.website, email us at email at boxhead.website, tweet us at Tobias Podcast, get on our Discord, the link will be in the show notes. Um, you can support us in a couple different ways, including writing a review on iTunes, jam those stars, type those words, uh, and you can support us even more directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxhead.website uh, that redirects to our Patreon, and you can kick us a couple bucks every month. You'll get access to all of our bonus materials, uh, which mostly consists of our weekly mini show, which is called What's in the Box Weekly. This week, Cameron talked about uh, the new MCU Disney Plus series, Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Yes. Um, you get to see Oscar Isaac's butt in that one when he's. Uh, when he has his his co- his uh, assless costume, uh, where he's mooning everyone, um, and, <laughs> I wish I would right? made it so much better. <laughs> and I talked about the movie Jupiter Ascending, and my hot take it on it is that it's a very good movie, and I talk about it in a lot of detail on this little episode. So everyone, go check it out. Support that box at that website. The other thing you should do. Listen to Cameron's other podcast. It's called Get Up in the Cool. They're about to release their 300th episode, right? Last one yeah. just released 299. Next week. Yeah. Um, they interviewed Mark Harris, the amazing guitar player, uh, also a member of Cameron's band, the Tall Poppy String Band. So yeah. it's pretty cool uh, convergence. So go check that out. Um, great music, good times, cool people getting up in the cool that's your new tagline uh that is thanks you have to use now <laughs> i'll just wait for the invoice <laughs> exactly thanks for your consulting work just uh, low seven figures is, is all it's gonna cost you um, <laughs> all right well until next week i've been nathan hunt and that's my favorite double fister and i've been cameron do and i'm conceiving baby mozart <laughs> Oh, what? Steve Harwell left the band. Oh, my God. After the performance at the Big Sip Beer and Wine Festival in Bethel, New York, uh, Harwell appeared to be intoxicated, threatening audience members and performing what looked like a Nazi salute. Cool. Uh, Following the performance, Harwell (laughs) announced his retirement due to ongoing health issues. Um, Yeah. Prior to Harwell's last show, the band was already performing with a substitute singer, ostensibly filling in while Harwell dealt with his health issues. Uh, That's sad. Yeah, that's, that's not great.